can get very humanistic. Well, maybe we need to do 70 or 100, but I don't want to limit God. He could blow our minds. His scriptures say in Acts that he wants to add to our number daily. So that's way over any number I could come up with right now. And so it really settled my heart, and really it was, it was kind of solidified when Dave Hooper shared a lot about what happened in Austin last year. He had a theme that simply was this, that everything we do is for his glory. You know, we've often heard that word as Christians, glory, but what does it really mean? I mean, if we're going to do everything for his glory, we need to have a biblical understanding of what that entails. Well, see, the first time glory is even mentioned as, as being attributed to God in the Bible, it was after God had rescued the Israelites from Egypt. He had parted the Red Sea and destroyed the Egyptian armies. We find it in Exodus 15, verse 11. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Or the Hebrew name there is Yahweh. Who is like you? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders. Now, the word that is used here in Hebrew, you'll see it here, is tehillah, which means praise or renown, glory. Praise as in proclaiming the excellence of a person or object. The next occurrence where, where man is attributing glory to God is by Moses. And we find a different Hebrew word, which is the most common word used to describe the glory of God in the Old Testament. Exodus thirty-three eighteen, a bold question, a bold statement that Moses said, speaking to Yahweh, now show me your glory. Whoa, wait a minute. Have you ever made that statement? Have you ever gotten on your knees and in confidence and maybe some fear, Lord, show me your glory. I don't think we know what we're asking for. <laughs> I don't think Moses completely understood what he was asking for. But before we go back to that story, the word we find here in the most common Hebrew word translated glory is kabod. And you might be surprised at its initial definition. Heavy in weight. It can also be glory, honor, wealth. This is the most common word, but what does that mean, heavy in weight? Well, usually what it means is they're recognizing one importance, kind of a, the weight of some desirable uniqueness as compared to anyone else. So when we look at the glory of God, we're looking at Attributes of God that are so heavier than anything else in His presence, you can't help but to worship Him. That's what glory means. This can be applied to human beings. For example, if you were going to say, what is the glory of Solomon? Wealth might be the word. Because he had more than anyone else in His presence. If you were going to say, what is the glory of Samson? You would say it would be His strength. Because he had more. Than anyone else. And you could even apply it to those who didn't follow God. Nebuchadnezzar. You'd say his glory was in his power and authority during his time and his reign. See, the glory of someone or something is what sets it apart in a special way. This even applies to animals. The glory of a zebra 
its stripes. The glory of a cheetah, its speed. Are you starting to understand? So now let's go back to this passage because I really believe we need to have the confidence and faith to go before God and say, show me your glory. We should not be afraid to ask and want to see God. But God may give us some direction in that. Go back to Exodus 33 and we'll read the story. Then Moses said, please let me see your glory. He said, I will cause all my goodness. Man, I have no idea what that would look like. To pass in front of you. And I will proclaim the name Yahweh, the I am, before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Did you see the slight correction there for Moses? Moses saying, show me your glory. And he's going, okay. But I choose what to reveal about my glory, not you. I choose how much of my grace I want to reveal to you. How much of my love I want to reveal to you. How much of my power I want to reveal to you. We don't dictate how God reveals his glory. But you can ask to see it. And what we see is he gives already two attributes. And we'll get to it in a second. Let's continue the passage. But he answered, you cannot see my face, for no one can see me and live. In our human form, we cannot see the full glory of God. But that doesn't mean we can't see a glimpse of it. He says, but he answered, you cannot see my face, for no one can see me and live. The Lord said, here's a place near me. You got to be near him if you want to see his glory. You are to stand on the rock, and that's all we do. So I think those often in our ambitious society, we think a lot about serving God and seeking His glory is about what we need to do, right? But all He asked Moses to do, if you want to see His glory, is stand. And then wait. Because He chooses how to reveal it. All we have to do is at the end of each day, the beginning of each day, just stand and wait. For him to reveal his glory. And this is interesting. And when my glory passes by, I will put you in the crevice of the rock. Okay? You want to do this, right? You want to see God's glory? Who wants to see God's glory? Are you willing to stand? Great. Are you willing for him to just to pick you up and place you in a crevice? You know, we just read through that. Oh, that's so cool. Really? I don't know, if I'm sitting there standing, I'm waiting to see, whoa, whoa! Are we willing to let God pick us up and put us in a tight area, claustrophobia of His glory? Are we willing to do that? He is the one who puts us in that place. I don't know how He'll do it. All you have to do is be willing to stand and let Him take you there. But then He does this. I will put you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. So Moses got picked up. He's put in the crevice. And the next thing you know, whatever it looked like, the hand of God. Now, we may have felt the hand on us of God. That's not what it says here. It wasn't on him. It wasn't in, in, in authority and trying to push you down and make you submit. It's, it was to protect him. 
I'm going to put my hand there because if you turn and see my face, you die. See, do you see now his two attributes? Love and mercy being shown even in how he reveals his glory. If there was no mercy, he would have let him see him and Moses would have died right there. Ended the rest of Exodus. His mercy said, no, I can't do that. But then you also see his love as he not only places him carefully in there, but he covers it to make sure that he survives this encounter of God's glory. Then I will take my hand away. Oh, I just love putting myself in the Bible. If I was Moses, first of all, I'm just standing, and that alone is scary before God. And all of a sudden I'm lifted up. I don't know how far. I mean, maybe it was like thousands of feet. Maybe it was at the bottom of the, of the mountain and God just took him all the way up. I don't know. Maybe it was just a little nudge into the crevice. I don't know. He said, stand on this rock, and that's all he knew. But next thing you know, you're in the crevice, and then there's the hand of God. And I don't know what was going on, but I had a feeling he felt God's presence passing by. Maybe you've experienced it in your life when you couldn't see it, you couldn't take a picture of it, but man, you felt the presence of God. What that must have been like for Moses, oh, this is the moment. And as that hand starts to pull away, and light cracks through the crevice, Whoa, it's going to be God. Are we excited to see the glory of God? And you will see my back, but my face will not be seen. What? Man, after all that, I only get to see your back. I have a feeling that even seeing that would terrify you. And it would blow your mind. And it would inspire you for ages to come to serve Him. But it makes sense, doesn't it? Think of how often we use the phrase, to God be the glory. It's usually after His presence has passed by in our life and we see the miracle of what He did. And then we go, oh, to His glory. It's not often to His glory and then we wait and see. Right? See, we only see the back because we don't recognize His glory until He's passed by. And if you don't look back and see when God has passed, you may miss out on the glory. I hope you look back at 2014. I do. My faith has been increased. I hope your faith has been increased. I wouldn't have even said before, Lord, add to our number daily. I would have been afraid to. I'm not afraid to say that anymore. I'd love to see the Lord add to the DFW Church daily. I don't know if it will happen this year or not. But whatever we're going to do, it's going to be for His glory. I hope you look back and see how God's presence has worked in your life. And be thankful He didn't reveal everything of Himself. We wouldn't be ready for it. We couldn't handle it. But we need to recognize when He passes by. Amen? God chose to reveal the weight of His glory. And it was those two things. His mercy and His compassion. And he showed that in how he revealed his glory. I don't want you to die, so I'm going to put you in the crevice. I'm going to cover you with my hand. I'm going to wait till I pass by before I remove my hand because I'm a merciful God and I want you to live, even though you should die in my presence. And he showed his compassion by how he took care of him, how he kept his hand there. I pray that in 2015, if nothing else, we will see the glory of God in his mercy and in his compassion. Amen? You know, David Hooper last year at the end of the 
the year, he had a message and he talked about when the ark of the Lord had been captured by the Philistines. The daughter-in-law of Eli, the high priest, gave birth to a son before dying and gave him the name Ichabod, which means no glory. Because when the ark, which represented the presence of God in Israel, was taken away, then God's glory had been removed. But you know, the great thing is, even when that happens in our life, God's glory can return. And we find that later, the ark of the Lord has returned to Jerusalem. David wrote a song. And in this song, he attributes the glory of God. I'm just going to pick out a few of these verses very quickly. 1 Chronicles 16.10, you can go to 1 Chronicles 16 and see the entire song, but I want to focus on those that focus on the attributes, the glory of God and what that means. Glory in His holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. If you truly want to understand the glory of God, then worship is absolutely necessary. We've got to rejoice in Him. We've got to sing to Him. We've got to praise Him. And there's got to be joy when we do it. Not, oh, we've got to sing a song. That, that's not rejoicing in His glory. Man, there needs to be an awe. I mean, guys, I, I know we love the fellowship, but honestly, we don't respect God's glory by the way we start services. We keep talking. You may think that's a small thing, but if you did that at the movie theater, they'd kick you out. I think the minute whoever's up here, they shouldn't have to do a prayer. They shouldn't have to crank the guitar. They sh- you should know when they're on stage to lead us in worship, we all stand attention in the all of God and rejoice together. Amen? We need to get there. We need to have that in our hearts. Verse 24. Declare His glory among the nations. His marvelous deeds among all peoples. That's pretty self-explanatory, right? If you've seen and felt His glory... Don't keep it to yourself. Share it. They're God's stories. Stories are meant to be shared, meant to be written, meant to be read, meant to be spoken. Let's declare His glory this year. Amen. Amen. Verse 28. Ascribe to the Lord. All you families of nations, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. See, that's more than just spoken. Ascribe means, man, you're going to stop in the moment. You may even take notes and scribe, ascribe God's glory. Don't have those just real quick, God, I love you to your glory, and then walk off. What to his glory? What are you ascribing to his glory? Is is it his mercy? Is it his power? Is it his judgment? Is it his, his strength? Is it his compassion? What are you ascribing? If you don't add anything to it, you're not ascribing. If all you say is to God's glory, you're not ascribing. Mention his deeds, mention his power, mention his attributes. Verse 29, ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. I appreciate Bill reminding us that God owns everything. Do you know when you hold back in giving, then you're holding back in glory? says, ascribe to him glory, bring in the offering. When you hold back in your giving, I don't think it's just money, I think it's giving in of any kind. Giving of your time, giving of your skills or your gifts, your heart. When you hold back, then you're not giving him glory. 
I appreciate what Jeff said, that this is the year that, man, all that I can do will be for his glory. Don't hold back. Many of you don't. It's visible. We've seen God's glory work through you because you haven't held back. You have given to that offering. You've met every need. But I know that's not everyone here. Don't go another year thinking you can just slide by because no one brings it up. Because even if none of us know, God knows. And I would hate to think on the final day, that may be the reason you don't get in. Because you hold back the offering of your time, your money, your gifts. Amen? And in verse 35, we've got to have emotion when we recognize the glory of God. Cry out. Save us, God! I don't think cry out would be, save us, God. That's not crying out. There's got to be emotion, not go through the motions. We've got to be able to, to come before Him on our knees and, and genuinely and sincerely with true devotion and gratitude, despite our weaknesses, despite our sinful nature, truly cry out to Him, save us, God, our Savior. Gather us and deliver us from the nations that we may give thanks to Your holy name and glory to Your praise. When we're not grateful then we're not giving glory. It's just that simple. You know, God is worthy of glory. I think that's pretty clear, right? Therefore, everything we do should be for His glory. I'm going to just go through some passages. I'm not going to say a lot to these. Maybe some I will. The Spirit leads me to. But I want you just to really hear these Scriptures. Because they apply to what we're going to be, to do, to endure for His glory. And I'm going to go through several of them. And then we'll be done. But then we've got to go live them out in 2015. The first one, I love this one, Isaiah 43, 7. Created for His glory. Everyone who is called by my name, who I have created for my glory, whom I formed and made. You know, I, I, I've kind of known it and thought, but I never really took it to heart. That when we allow insecurity to lead our actions and our thoughts, we're not giving glory to God. But I'm, I'm just not good enough. Excuse me? God created you. Yeah, but I'm not as strong as that. God created you. But I have these two. God created you. But I'm not. God formed you. For His glory. Who you are in all your ups and downs, your goods and bads, are for Him. We've got to stop letting insecurity think that we're not good enough. We're not good enough without Him. But we're created by Him for His glory. So there's no excuse. I don't care what you're going through right now. I don't care whether you're a disciple or not. You were created, so therefore you're meant for His glory. We've got to get over insecurity. We've got to start getting real. And being open about that. Confess that. Because I bet if we're more open about our insecurity... Probably the sins that follow that insecurity would disappear too. Guys, we've got to start looking at each other that way. We should not ever look at someone down. Because they were created for His glory. This is the problem with racial prejudice in today's society as in the past. Is we look at people as though they're not created for His glory. I look in this room, I don't care what color, I don't care what economy, I don't care what background. You are created for His glory. And we need to be excited about that. 
John 15, 8. This one you should feel good about because you allowed God to do it through you. Bear fruit for his glory. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Did you not feel it last year? Did you not see it? That the DFW church who bared much fruit. And I don't just mean the additions of brothers and sisters. I think growing in so many other areas as well. But this is directly relating to our mission as disciples, is to make disciples. You know, I love the story of the paralyzed man and the four men that carried him and broke him through the roof. And when Jesus said, because of their faith, not the paralyzed man's faith, he is healed. So it got me thinking, if we got four of us, broken into groups of four in our region, and we just decided that this year together, we're going to carry a paralyzed man or woman into the kingdom of God. Then if you just find three other people, and this whole year we're going to work together in prayer, in evangelism, in serving, whatever it may be, but we're going to work together. Do you think in one year that any four of us, God could help us have one man and one woman? Wait, wait, wait. Do, let me ask again. Do you believe? Do you know what that would mean then? Because we're 400, that would be 100 people. For his glory. I don't know if it's going to happen. It may be more, but let's bear fruit for his glory. Amen? 17, John 17, 22, 23, unified for his glory. I have given them the glory that you gave me. Whoa, did you catch that? God has given us the glory... The weight of who God is and who he represents that he gave to Jesus, he's given to you. And what is that glory? Look what it says next. That they may be one as we are one. When we're not united, then we can't properly give glory to God. That's, just, that's what it's saying. The glory you gave me, how we are one, I give to them so that they are one. I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity, then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. I know we're sinners, which means we're going to sin against each other, even in the church. But no matter how bad it gets, no matter what fights or discussions or disagreements, we got to stay unified. I appreciate so much what Todd and Mike Tolliver have done to create the unity that we are truly blessed to have in Texas and Oklahoma. There is no authority organization keeping us together. There's no one telling us what to do, but because we love God and we love our churches and we want to see God bring in the lost, we are willing to work together, not just in our skills, but in our money. All these plantings, every single church in Oklahoma and Texas is going to contribute to it. With no authority body to make it happen, it's happening. Guys, man, when we are unified, it brings glory to God. Let's continue to be unified. Amen? Romans 3.23, at first it cannot make sense, but it will. Righteous for His glory. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Ooh. See, when we allow sin, it says we fall short of glory. That means the opposite, then, is when we're righteous, we're in, we're pulled up to his glory, right? See, so often we only look at the negative side, but there's a positive side. If we truly deal with sin, we're open, we confess, we challenge one another to be like Christ, we repent, 
Do you realize that no longer have we fallen because of sin? He lifts us up into his glory. What must that be like? We've got to be righteous for his glory. And I just know for me, I can't do that alone. I can't be the man, the husband, the father on my own. Man, God's fathers, you need to come to that father's D group. I, it helped me. It blessed me. I want it to bless you. We need help. Amen. Marriage. We got a marriage tree coming up. Don't just register. Be there. And let it move your heart, move your marriages. Whatever you are, whoever you are, whatever you're dealing with, let's focus on righteousness for His glory. Amen? You're not going to like this one, but it is for His glory. Romans 5, verse 3 through 4, suffer for His glory. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. I won't go into more detail there. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. But guys, if we truly want to live for His glory this year, then we've got to be ready. We may have to suffer. Romans 6, 4, just a few left. Raised for His glory. This applies especially to Talia today. We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. You know it's true. Whenever you see a baptism, someone who truly, in their heart, before God, says, you are Lord, and they're put under that, well, you feel the presence of God. You feel the glory. There's nothing greater than your own. <laughs> you remember yours. You felt the glory. Guys, we need to remember we're raised to glory. We don't raise ourselves to glory. God raised us to glory, but you got to obey. You got to repent and be baptized and be obedient through your faith for Him to raise you. But He raises you. He doesn't put you down. He raises you. Let's be raised this year and let's raise others to His glory. Amen? Last few, and we'll close out. Prepared for His glory. Romans 9 23. What if He did this to make the riches of His glory known to the objects of His mercy, which we are? whom he prepared in, ad, in advance for glory. Do you realize that everything you've gone through in however many years you've been on this earth are all part of God's preparation for you, for his glory? The good, the bad, the easy, the hard, the victories, the failures. All of that, your story, is part of him preparing you for glory. I, I'm, I'm a little scared to think, what is he going to prepare me this year for his glory? Is it suffering? Is it victory? Is it new understanding? Is it new faith? Could it be sickness? I don't know, but I've got to be ready that all of it is prepared for ultimate glory. Transformed for His glory, 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed, metamorphosis, into His image with ever-increasing glory. Wow! Which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. That's why we're going to continue to study out the Spirit in Acts. It is the Spirit that transforms us. It is the Spirit that leads us. It is the Spirit that molds us to not only have glory, but have increasing glory. In other words, those who have been a Christian a while, is your glory increasing or not? According to this, it should be increasing. Your body may be getting slower. I can relate to that. Went out for a six-mile run the other day, and man, it was like 10-minute miles. I used to run them in like four and a half. 
And my mind remembers that. That's the problem. But I ain't going no faster. But at least I'm out there. At least I'm still running. So I may be getting slower, but I can't have ever-increasing glory. What glory do you want to see increased in your life this year? Maybe it's in your personal evangelism, your neighborhood, your job, your classmates. God, I've been trying for years. I want to see ever increase. I want to see someone added to my city group, my Bible talk. Maybe it's in your marriage. You want to hit a whole other level of glory in how you love one another. I don't know what it is, but it needs to be increasing. And finally, these two, very quick. 2 Corinthians 4.15, grateful for his glory. All of this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. He gives you thanksgiving. And it should overflow. When we're ungrateful, we can't glorify God. But when we're grateful for anything, it's giving Him glory. Can we all be grateful? Then we all can glorify God. The last one I leave with you because i got to be prepared. I don't know what 2015 will bring. As we go to OU, as we continue to, to be on these campuses, or you're in your high school, on your job, it may not go all as great as you plan. The last one, insulted for his glory. 1 Peter 4.14 If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. See, guys, when we truly want to strive to live for His glory, we got to be prepared. It may not all be fun, but it will be glorious. And even if we're insulted, even if we're persecuted, now, we should not be insulted or persecuted because of our own stupidity. I do want to clarify that. But if we are simply because we're trying to glorify God, then don't be discouraged. Don't lose confidence. You are blessed because Jesus Himself experienced that glory. So when you sum up these, and there are hundreds of more passages, I believe this is clear. Three things that in 2015, as a region, as a disciple of Jesus, or someone studying to become so, these three things are what we're going to do for His glory. Number one, that what we do is to be for His glory. Whatever it is. That what we endure, because there may be suffering and being insulted, That what we endure is to be for His glory. And because we're transformed, we're raised, we're created in, that what we become will be for His glory. In 2015, let's make a decision that what we do, that what we endure, and what we become will be for the glory of God. I leave you with this last passage and we'll close with a song. And I want you to memorize this passage. This needs to be our theme passage this year. Write it down. Memorize it in whatever translation you prefer. But I close with this. So whether you eat, because hey, we like to do that in Texas, or drink, that's not talking about alcohol alone, okay? It's just drinking. We like to drink with each other. Or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Let's stand. We'll close singing number 375 to God be the glory. 375. Ooh, right. Where is it? 
To God be the glory, great things he hath done. So loves he the world that he gave us his son, who yielded his life an atonement for sin, and opened the life gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. All come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory, great things he hath done. Oh, 